Lager's Carpool is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. Thanks for joining me on my drive to work this morning. It's great to have you in. Great to have you listening. The Lakers have played two preseason games against the Clippers. They won both of those games. We had one player who was a huge standout. I'm sure you've seen it on social media. Um, We're going to get to that. We're going to talk a little bit about some news around the NBA and look ahead at the start of the regular season next week. All right, let's get into it. All right, so the Lakers have played two preseason games so far. Both games were against the Clippers. Uh, The first one was last Friday, and then they played on Sunday. Um, They won both of those games. You know, not that it really matters. It's preseason. As you would imagine, LeBron James and Anthony Davis did not play in those games. Um, I believe they are set to play tonight. Today, I'm recording on Wednesday. They play the Suns tonight. Um, but they did not play in the first two games against the Clippers in those those first two preseason games, um, so it really gave a chance for the, uh, the to, for the Lakers bench to to show what they've got between the new guys and Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell, um, Kyle Kuzma, and then the name that we've all been talking about, Taylor Horton Tucker, who he just I mean he's absolutely showed out in the first two preseason games, which is awesome. It's great to see him taking advantage of the opportunity to get the playing time in the preseason to prove and to show what he's got. Um, So in game one against the Clippers, the first game of the preseason, the Lakers won that game 87-81. to Taylor Horton Tucker was leading scorer for the Lakers with 19 points. Kyle Kuzma was right behind him with 18 points. Um, and, you know, after that game, we were all like, holy crap, you know, THT, leading score, let's go. Um, and, we, you know, we had no idea what was coming in the next game on Sunday. But, you know, in that game, he showed that he could shoot the ball. Um, he showed little, you know, spurts of, of good offense and good defense. Um, nothing, like, was super spectacular or anything. Um, and then, but, you know, but it was good enough good enough to uh for us to, to be like hell yeah you know so i mean like it's 19 points leading score on the team for the win in the win um so a great great first game by taylor horton tucker in that preseason um and then in, and then in game two he just blew up when the win went off he played 41 minutes in that game and then in the second game he had 33 points 10 rebounds. I think he had four rebounds, four steals. He, the Lakers won the game. They blew him out. I think it was like one, like 130 to 100, or, you know, it was like a 
20 to 30 point game. Um, they absolutely dominated, and and Taylor Horton Tucker was he he's taken over Lakers Twitter, and he probably will for the rest of the preseason. <laughs> um, you know, unbelievable. I mean, like he just showed great potential. I mean, we knew we've all you know Laker fans all know the potential that Taylor Horton Tucker has. We were talking about it last season. We've talked about it in the bubble when he got some minutes in the second round against the Rockets. Um, we've we've seen enough of him before the preseason. Like we've known that that potential's there, but to see it, you know, to see him come out and play in the preseason like this, um, it is just awesome. And and of course, like it is preseason. You know, the Clippers the Clippers look terrible. The, I don't think the Clippers are a terrible team this season. I don't know if I think I don't know if they're as good as they were last year, but I don't. They're definitely not a terrible team this season. But they look terrible. They just weren't. You know, it's a, it's a preseason game. Like the guys, the veteran guys that have been there, aren't giving it a hundred percent. That just is what it is. And then the guys like Taylor Horton Tucker, the younger guys that are getting opportunity, are taking it, are playing a hundred percent, and are taking it seriously. So like. In a regular season game, would Taylor Horton Tucker drop 33 points on the Clippers? Probably not. But you have to, you know, you have to take everything with a grain of salt, obviously. But to to see Taylor Horton Tucker in the both on the offensive and defensive end, what he's what he was able to do out there, um, just seeing him him move, seeing him shoot, um, you know, I mean, with a with basketball players, you can either you can either shoot or you can't shoot, right? You can either dribble or you can't dribble, um, and you can either make defensive plays and good defensive plays, or you can't. No matter what, no matter what level, no matter the no matter the intensity of the game, like that, like yes, it will become much harder to 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 shoot when Kawhi Leonard's all up in your grill, and it'll it'll be a lot harder to get an open shot. But you know, Taylor Horn Tucker, he's hitting. Uh, catch and shoot threes he's hitting step back threes he's driving the ball to the basket bodying guys doing spin making spin moves finishing layups uh, like he was pretty much doing everything and and the thing that's crazy about him so Taylor Horton Tucker is six foot four 200 and gosh I he's up there it's like it's either 260 sounds like too much but it might be that he's like in between 240 and 260 six to four in between 240 260 he has a seven foot one long wingspan which is insane six foot four seven foot one wingspan um so he's like a very he's kind of like a unicorn in some ways like he's a very specially uh put together human being I'll say like a lot of NBA players have really long wingspans you know typically like when you're growing up they tell you that your wingspan is supposed to be as long as your actual like height or whatever there's a ton of you know most NBA players their wingspans are are actually way longer than their actual height but 6'4 or 7'1 is insane and then to be as big as he is 240 260 whatever whatever it is like he's the heaviest and like if this sounds bad but I don't think it is he's the heaviest player in the NBA at his height at six foot four 
Um, and he's a combo, like, he's a guard that, like, and he's not, he's not out of shape, which is crazy. Like, it's almost like, he's almost like in some ways, like, if he could get, if he was in pristine shape, he would be like a six foot four version of LeBron James. Um, which is pretty crazy. And, and you saw that when he, when he drove to the basket, he's driving to the basket, he's bodying up guys, um, and he's really just like playing that bully ball kind of get to the hoop playing with that mentality um so pretty impressive and then on the defensive end he those long the seven foot one wingspan you know it's his arms are getting in the passing lanes his he has giant hands apparently like he's just a specimen um that has that's just giving him giving him all these abilities to potentially be an amazing basketball player in the nba so in in the second game where he was going off, there was one play where he was up on Kawhi playing defense. Kawhi had the ball, put the ball, Kawhi put the ball over his head. Uh, Kawhi then brought the ball down and definitely was not expecting this. Kawhi wasn't expecting it. Um, Talonhorn Tucker just reaches his hand in there, got the ball out of Kawhi's hand, which like Kawhi, it's funny because Kawhi is known for doing that because Kawhi also has big hands and they call him the claw, you know. Um, so Taylor Horton Tucker basically clawed the claw, stole the ball from him, got the ball down, um, and then the Lakers ran kind of like a half-court play and it ended in a in a Taylor Horton Tucker made three. So just an awesome little sequence there. If you didn't get it, if you hadn't gotten a chance to see that, I would definitely look it up. It was pretty fun to watch. Um, so, so the defense. I mean, it's it's one thing where it's one thing to have a guy that is promising on on the offensive end of on the offensive end of the floor, but he's he's really promising on both on both ends. I think, and and that's the thing. Like with this Lakers team, is you know last season we see we saw that the Lakers really got things done on the defensive end of the floor because their bench wasn't anything stellar. Even their starters outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis, you know, nothing nothing too special. And we just saw, like, they took... we They knew that Caruso and KCP and Danny Green weren't going to be... And, and Kyle Kuzma and, and Dwight Howard, like, those guys weren't going to be... Um, they weren't going to step up and, you know, there wasn't going to be guy, a guy that was, like, the for sure third best player on that team in, la, you know, last season's team. And and so they made their focus be defense. They they took care of things on the defensive end of the, end of the floor and, and things on the offensive end worked out. Even if the Lakers had a terrible three-point shooting night, they were in pretty much every game that they played in the playoffs minus like one or two games um so with with Taylor Horton Tucker you know especially being a young guy he's only 20 years old by the way also he's only 20 years old um getting to play with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and learn from those guys and and I you know I think the offensive thing is honestly just like the cherry on top or like the the cherry on top of his game. I think the defensive stuff is what's really going to make a difference. It's the defensive stuff is the defensive stuff is what's really going to get him 
a chance with the Lakers to get some playing time. I mean, that's what you saw with Alex Caruso, right? Like, Caruso is good on the good on the offensive end. Like, he is in the right place at the right time. He makes a good pass. He makes good screens. Um, but it's really his the effort on the defensive end for Caruso that earned him playing time last season and into the playoffs and ultimately re- resulted in him starting game six of the NBA Finals. So, in you know, THT and Caruso are different players. I think THT has more is better offensively than Crusoe is. Um, so, like, yes, the Lakers in the, down the road could be in, in need for a guard, and they have one in their back pocket with THT um, for on the offensive end. But the, the fact that he can be a two-way, a two-way player, a two-way guard that can make a big difference and is only 20 years old is awesome. And, and it's funny because, you know, even Kawhi, <laughs> I, can't, I think this, is, this was after game one, against the first preseason game, not even after the second one, but, you know, Kawhi went to, like, Montrose Harrell or, or someone and is like, this guy's only, you know, I think he said 19, but, he, you know, he's actually 20. Like, even Kawhi was impressed and surprised. Um, and, and that's just in a preseason game. But, like, still, like, for for anyone like Kawhi to be surprised or or wowed by another player is, is, a, is a compliment. Because, first of all, Kawhi doesn't talk you know he doesn't speak um and second of all like he is one of the best players in the nba right now so that's high praise for tht and speaking of high praise for tht uh you know lebron tweeted out like this he said like this dude's the real deal um you know i've best kept secret blah 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 blah, blah like things like that um and I, I saw a thing yesterday that came out that lebron told rich paul his agent uh for clutch sports um that uh, he, he i guess like lebron like four years ago lebron told rich paul to uh keep an eye out on tht uh and and see what you know see what he's he's up to basically and and now tht one plays for the lakers and two is signed with clutch sports so kind of kind of cool um definitely awesome for THT like I think it really like having that having LeBron backing you like that really makes a difference um one in terms of like playing time and his actual like NBA career and also like just I think like LeBron LeBron also doesn't say that about everybody LeBron definitely is more outspoken than a guy like Kawhi but LeBron's not going to sing high praises of someone that he doesn't actually think deserves it. Um, and THT, you know, I guess it basically what I'm trying to say is, like, it doesn't... A lot of people think Lakers fans are kind of crazy. Like, you know, and yeah, it's true. Like, Lakers fans do like... We like to get ahead of ourselves. We like to think everyone's, like, the next big deal or that the Lakers are going to get the next big free agent or whatever. Um, but the fact that, like, LeBron is also hyping him up and adding to that kind of Lakers fan hysteria over THT uh, makes sense, and it gives and it makes me feel like there's at least there's definitely some backing or some like foundation to thinking that he's going to be the next big deal because you got guys like Kawhi being wowed by him, you got LeBron singing his praises, um, you had LeBron, you had THT on LeBron's radar four years ago, which was 
before LeBron was even playing for the Lakers. So, um, pretty cool just to see, like, everything that's kind of transpired since those two games. It'll be fun to see what he can do um, in, the la- in the last two games of the preseason. Uh, tonight, the Lakers play the Suns, and then I think probably two days from tonight, they play the Suns again. Um, so, really awesome. And, it, you know, and I think it's it's sad, kind of funny, but also sad. So, with with THT playing so well, Lakers fans always, you know, obviously they got a dog on Kyle Kuzma um, saying that Kuzma, you know, THT is going to take Kuzma's spot or whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and first of all, like, I just want to, like, say, like, that that's so dumb, you know? Like, that's so stupid. Like, so first of all, like, Kuzma and THT, like, I get there's only so many roster spots. For Kuzma is like a what he's like a three-year veteran going into his fourth season now um so he's he's been around he he made you know he played on a championship team he contributed to a champion championship team he's six foot eight different player than tht and and i get it like they're kind of jokes about kyle kuzma but like i don't know I, i just think it's it's just like not worth the time like i get you're trying to make a joke it's trying to be funny but like I don't know. Kuzma's. I think Kuzma's a good player. He has a lot to work. He does have a lot to get better on. He's not what we would have hoped for. I think at this point in his career, but he's still young. Um, And also, like speaking of which, like so, if you're on if you're on Twitter those those the nights of those games, and didn't watch the game, you know you would have known that the Lakers won those game won those games. You would have known that Taylor Horton Tucker played amazing in those games especially game the second game um and you would have thought you would you know you would have seen uh memes and jokes about THT coming for coming for Kyle Kuzma what you wouldn't have known was that Kyle Kuzma had 18 points nine rebounds in the first in the first game which was just behind THT's 19 points and in the second game Kyle Kuzma had 25 points which was, you know, just behind the 33 points from THT. So, you know, as a four year, going going into his, I think it's his fourth year, you know, going into having been in the NBA for a handful of years, being a veteran in the league, even though he's still young, Kyle Kuzma should, should be able to do, be able to dominate a preseason game. So I get it. It's not a surprise. It's not, it shouldn't be headline news for him to have 25 points in a preseason game, but he's still scoring 25 points. You know, he's just behind THT. Like THT had a great game. They're feeding him the ball, like it, whatever. Um, but it's not like Kyle Kuzma's out there putting up six points in a preseason game. Like he's out there working. You know, he's playing. He's put up 25 points. Um, so I think we need to put an end to that nonsense of trying to trying to dog on Kyle Kuzma um in in favor of THT like I, I think they're they both they both serve they both serve a bright future for the Lakers you know they're both young guys that have the potential to be to be you know really good maybe not like stars but they definitely have the the, the potential to to lead you know to help lead the team to to future victories so um awesome 
for THT. Super fun to watch all that stuff. Uh, good to see Kyle Kuzma getting, you know, putting up points and playing well as well. Um, looking forward to so tonight against the Suns will be the first night that LeBron and AD play this season in, in a preseason game. So it'll be it'll be good to see them back on the court, get some reps, get some, you know, get some get some wind, run up and down the court. So uh, you know, obviously, every you know, the only thing you want now is for the team to stay healthy. Yeah, and then I, you know, I just want to talk about like the Lakers team. So we talked a lot about Taylor Horton Tucker, but the Lakers team also look really good. Like the Lakers team looked good last season, and they won a championship. This team looks really good. So you got Mark Saul dropping dimes to KCP to Taylor Horton Tucker. Like, he's a major upgrade to the big men the Lakers had last season. You know, no disrespect to Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee, but, man, like, he is able to get the ball. You know, he can he can get it inside and, you know, flip it out to the open three, you know, to a guy like KCP or Taylor Horton Tucker or, who, or who, you know, whoever it is. Um, and I think it was on the Lakers film room Lakers film room podcast they were talking about how like Marcus Hall looks like just like an old quarterback you know he stands up stands at the, he stands at the top of the key um and he just like dishes the ball to guys cutting and and setting screens for each other and all that stuff so uh awesome to see him you know it's really really cool to see like just the potential of what Marcus Hall can add to the team um you know Montrez Harrell like he we saw what he could do in, in the first game getting you know, rebounds and dunks and, and all that stuff. Even like you know, Montrezl, he has a nice, a nice little floater. I noticed going like down the middle of the key. Um, so it, it's just fun to see the the team coming together. You know, the, your first view of them in the Lakers uniform and and uh, getting some reps as a team. So so I think yeah, I mean, I, I just think like this team is is lights and it bounds better than last season's team leaps and bounds that's what I was trying to say leaps and bounds better than last season's team um it's gonna take it's really gonna take a lot for I think a team to to either be just as high of contenders as the Lakers are this season or or to take down the Lakers I mean they're the Lakers aren't going it's gonna be I think we might be we might have one of those seasons where the media the media is hyping the Lakers right now we're going to be midway through the season the Lakers aren't maybe won't have as good of a, a as good of a record as we would have hoped they would have or you know we would expect they would have or even maybe in like a regular um, normal season would have you know LeBron's not going to play a ton Anthony Davis might not play a ton like they'll play but they're gonna get their rest they're not gonna kill themselves you know they're gonna try and stay healthy um and then the media is going to be like, oh, the Lakers are frauds. LeBron's a fraud. You know, it's, I know it's going to happen. It's going to happen. LeBron's a fraud. The Lakers are frauds. Well, you know, we thought they were this, but they're not. Like, whatever. Uh, look at the Nets. Look at the Mavericks. Like, it's that's what's going to happen. And then, you know, Giannis is probably going to win MVP again. And then 
the season's going to end, playoffs start, and the Lakers are going to run the table. That's what's, that's my prediction on this season. I think we it will be, from a Lakers fan perspective, this season will be somewhat of a frustrating season only because the Lakers are going to be the results are not going to be as good as we think that they can be. I think that's that's what I think. And I think only because the team is better than it was last year. We're still very much reliant on LeBron and Anthony Davis, but not quite as much as we were last season. Um, the Lakers, you know, 3 through 8 or 3 through 10, the players they've gotten it's been an upgrade for sure. So like we don't we're not quite as reliant, but definitely still very much reliant. Um, so against teams like, I don't know, the Jazz, the Kings, like LeBron and Anthony Davis don't need to put that much effort in. Like they don't need, maybe they suit up for the games, maybe they play a little bit, but like it's just not, if you don't need it, it's just not worth it, right? So like it's important to get the wins against the Clippers and the and the Nuggets and the Nets and the, the Mavericks and and the Bucks and all the top teams in the league. It's important to to get to get those wins in the regular season. Um, you know, one from a confidence standpoint, two because like you want to be the highest seed team that you can be. Obviously, so like it's important to win those games. I think LeBron, Anthony Davis, suit up for those games. What I what I think is what I think happens is the LeBron and AD don't suit up for. Or don't they don't suit up, or they don't play as much in any of the back-to-back games. You know, like the back half of the back back-to-back games. And I think that they they don't do the same thing. Don't suit up or don't play as much for against the teams that are that are weaker teams. You know, the Thunder, the Kings. Team, you know, just weaker teams. Um, and I think because of that, the Lakers won't have as many wins as this team could have if they were going 100%. Um, but I'd much rather have a healthy Lakers team going into the postseason than a team that wins 90% of their games but is dead tired and has injuries going into the going into the postseason. It's just not worth it, you know. So it'll be frustrating. Like day-to-day, I could see it being kind of frustrating for us Lakers fans but I think it's, this is one of those things where just got to be patient, got to ride the ride the wave on it. It's a weird season. The Lakers just won their championship two months ago. Like we got to, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be frustrating, but it'll it is what it is. The Lakers will do what they need to do to to stay healthy and to to be as high of a seed in the postseason as they can be. All right, let's move on. Let's just kind of talk about some stuff going on around the league. So two two kind of big things of note that have happened that happened yesterday actually. First was that Giannis signed his uh, contract extension with the Bucks. It's a 5-year extension for 200 something million dollars. Um, max extension, huge thing. Uh, happy great for Bucks fans. Honestly, I think it's great for the NBA. I think, like, so, a few notes. I think it's, first of all, good, great for Bucks fans. Happy for them. I know how it feels 
obviously with LeBron and Anthony Davis getting you know having Anthony Davis sign that deal we weren't on pins and needles quite as much as Bucks fans were because we you know Bucks fans it was a true question on whether or not Giannis would stay um, it makes sense that he did say at the end of the day like he's a he's a loyal guy like I listened to Adrian Wojnarowski's uh, mini series like it was like a three episodes podcast series um, on Giannis getting drafted and back in 2013 and just hearing that learning more about Giannis um, he's really a guy that cares about family he cares about um, loyalty and he's not you know he's a he grew up selling like sunglasses and CDs in the streets of Greece um, like he grew up not with not very much money in a small you know house or apartment with with his his brothers and his parents like very very humble beginnings um and all he cares about is are is his family being loyal to the people that have taken care of him and and all that so it really makes a lot of sense that Giannis stayed with the bucks i had a feeling that was that was going to happen especially after listening to that podcast series um but de- i definitely recommend it recommend listening to it if you haven't already but not surprised that Giannis extended his deal. So great for Bucks fans. Happy for them. Um, I think it's great for the NBA. It's good to have. It's good to have stars and superstars in in the smaller markets. It's good, you know. It's good to it's good to have the Bucks competing with the Lakers, and good to have the Bucks competing with the with the Nets. Um. And even you know even the Mavericks like good to have them competing with the Mavericks you know team like the Clippers the Lakers like the big market teams. <clears throat> there's no question that the big market teams have an advantage when it comes to free agency. With most players, I think Giannis is the kind of guy that doesn't care too much about the glitz and the glamour. He doesn't care too much about. Um, I think the only reason he would go to a bigger market team would be the chance to win a championship if he didn't feel like he had that in Milwaukee. I think he, I think, I think from his perspective, Milwaukee has taken care of him enough, and and they've done they're they're doing trying to do what they can to to put together a championship contending team. You know, they acquired Drew Holiday in the off season, who's you know pretty much one of the best guards in the NBA. So, you know, they're doing what they can to improve their team and to build a championship team around Giannis. So I think he wanted to, uh, you know, run it back with them and, and see what he can do. So so good for, you know, good for, good for the NBA. I think it's good for – and then I think lastly, I, th- I would say it's good for the Lakers in a weird way. Um Personally, I just wouldn't want to have Giannis on a team like the Mavericks. I wouldn't want the Lakers to have to compete with Giannis in the same conference, you know. And, like, who knows? Like, maybe the NBA changes things and they get rid of the conferences and it doesn't even matter anymore. But as of how the NBA stands right now, like, it's just better for the Lakers to if they're if they're a champion if they're a championship contending team the lakers then i'd rather them not have to deal with going through 
the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George, the Nuggets with Jokic and Jamal Murray, the Mavericks with I mean the Mavericks are already tough enough with Luca and and Chris Stapps Porzingis, um, and then you know add Giannis on there if if you were to have gone to the Mavericks or or the Rockets or whatever you know insert Western Conference NBA team like it's just it's they already have the the West is already stacked enough it has been like this forever but you know throwing Giannis into the mix there like it just isn't it just wouldn't have been any good for the Lakers unless Giannis somehow signed with the Lakers but that just wasn't that wasn't going to happen right so so it's good for the Lakers in the in the kind of the long run as well like I, I just would rather if we're going to see Giannis in the postseason let's do it in the finals let's not do it in the Western Conference finals or the second round or what you know whatever so so that that's a you know kind of good all good all around good for the bucks good for the nba good for the lakers i'm a happy dude like i'm cool with Giannis staying in, in milwaukee it's fun to have good players and small market teams or with you know with small market teams um it's funny though because it got me thinking i was like what is what really constitutes a small market team you know because because u.s cities are still massive even the small ones you know it's still millions of people um you know, Milwaukee definitely is down there, like in the list of big cities. They're not the biggest at all. Um, and so I was thinking, like, what constitutes a, a small market team or a big market team? Because, because even like, for instance, I consider the I consider the Clippers a small market team. You can call me crazy. They're in Los Angeles. They're in the biggest or the second biggest city in the in the United States. Um, one of the biggest cities in the world. But I still consider the Clippers a small market team. I think getting landing Kawhi and Paul George has helped. You know, the Clippers fans have come out of the woodworks. I think, and and so I was thinking about it, and I was like, what constitutes a, a small market team versus a big market team? I think I think there's three factors. I think there's just population size of the city. That's that's one thing. I think there's the fan base. I think that that matters, and I think. The last one is kind of the the like third party factors like entertainment, um, things along those lines, just like what the city has going for it. Um, you know, like New York and Los Angeles have a huge entertainment industry in those cities, and I think that's part of what makes them huge destinations and um, in, in two of the biggest cities in the world, right? Um, but for like for instance, like Golden State, the Warriors, big market team or small market team. I think before Steph Curry and before the championships, I would have probably said they're a small market team. But San Francisco is a huge city. The Bay Area, if you you know if you go to San Francisco, that's a big city on its own. And then if you're talking like the Bay Area Metro, like Santa, San Jose, Santa Cruz, up to like Napa or even maybe even higher like that's a that's a huge that's a huge area population wise but for every you know before before the championships and everything I would have considered them considered them a small market team I think there are some teams that are just no matter what I think no matter how big the fan base is or how you know I don't know it's hard to say I because I think you know you have the Sacramento Kings 
the Milwaukee Bucks, Oklahoma City Thunder, Utah Jazz. Off, those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head that are like for sure small market teams. Like they're small market. Cities are smaller. Fan base is smaller compared to like someone like the Lakers or the Knicks or something. Um, and the cities have like don't have a ton going on for them. Like they're cool cities, awesome city. Like I've been to Oklahoma City, awesome city, super fun. But it's not LA. It's not New York. It's not San Francisco. Um, I don't. You know, I've never been to Salt Lake City. It looks beautiful. Never been. Um, Milwaukee, never been. But like those are those are just like small market teams, no question. Um, on the flip side, the big market teams, I would say, you know, you have Los Angeles. You have New York. Now, the question is, obviously, within those, like, do you consider the Clippers to be a big market or small market team? As a Lakers fan, first of all, I'm biased. And my my perception might be skewed a little bit because, like, compared, compared to the Lakers, I feel like every team's kind of a small market in some way. Um, it also has to do with like how well the team's doing too I think that's also part of it there's a lot there's kind of a lot of factors but it's like you know you have Los Angeles at the top I would say the Lakers are definitely like the most popular like have the biggest fan base in in the NBA um in one of the biggest cities with in a city that has a ton going for it from entertainment to other sports to there's just a lot going on um but then, you know, my question is, like, do you consider the Clippers a big market team or a small market team? I would say they're not as big of a market team as the Lakers, but they are in Los Angeles. Um, you know, it's kind of like if you think about, like, with baseball, kind of the question that you have with, like, with the Angels. So I'm an Angels fan. They are – obviously they switched over from the Anaheim Angels to the Los Angeles Angels back in the 2000s. Um which is always like a running joke against the Angels, you know, and like they're so like they're, I guess the difference is like they're not even they're not technically located in in Los Angeles, so like being in Anaheim, like geographically, they're more of a small market team, even though they're they're tied to Los Angeles by name, whereas like the Clippers are geographically located in Los Angeles, their fan base is just smaller. Um, at least small, smaller than the Lakers. Maybe I'm just being crazy, but anyways, that's that's one question. And then on the on the other end, you have the you have New York as the next as a you know the top two big city in the in the United States, and you have the Knicks, who have a huge fan base, especially in New York, um, but they haven't been good in a while. So like that, I feel like dwindles it a little bit. But like they're still a big market team. Um, but with the same question as the Clippers is like, do you consider the Nets a big market team being in Brooklyn? Brooklyn's still huge. Brooklyn, if it was its own city, would be, I think, like the third biggest city in the United States. Um, so like you have Brooklyn, who is, which is a massive, like it's it's a borough of New York City, but it's like it's a, it's a big city within itself pretty much um, tied with New York City. But obviously, like, the Knicks had that market before. Um, so it's tough, you know. 
and then like same question goes with like the like I mentioned with the Warriors like their fan base is huge especially after they you know won a bunch of championships and everything they went from being a a team that no one really cared much about to a team that was garnering garnering national attention for you know four or five years straight as one of the best teams in the NBA so it just it's a kind of a fun little game or like fun discussion to have so if you have thoughts definitely uh send me some tweets or something um you know comment on when I post this post this episode comment it on on Twitter or something let me know what you think maybe I'll put a poll out there or something but definitely a a fun little thought experiment so moving on to the last piece of news for around the NBA is James Harden so James Harden has demanded a trade from the Rockets that the he demanded that the Rockets trade him to another team his the destination he wanted was the Nets it looks like that's not going to happen because the Rockets, in order to trade him to the Nets, want either KD or Kyrie in return, which I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the Nets are going to, going to agree to that. So so you have James Harden basically holding out. Um, you know, he didn't show up to training camp. Um, he doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to be on the Rockets anymore. He's kind of throwing a little a little temper tantrum. And the Rockets had a game last night. He was suited up, and he looks massive. Now he's wearing his warm-up gear, like his warm-up his warm-up shirt and pants. His shirt's tucked into the pants. I don't know if he has like a bunch of layers on, but like he looks like a big dude. Like my first thought when I saw that picture of him was, "Damn boy, he's thick." That was my first thought when I saw that picture of James Harden. So not only does he being a little whiny little bitch with the Rockets, but he and demanding a trade and everything, but he's not even in good shape. Like he's if I were another NBA team and the Rockets were trying to like sell me on him, I get it. I get James Harden has been one of the best offensive players in the NBA for quite a while quite a while now. But and and it's just one picture. I didn't watch the game, so I don't know. I don't know if that's actually how big he is or whatever. But he looks awful for for NBA standards. Like he looks out of shape and and just terrible. So if I was another NBA team and the Rockets were trying to sh- were trying to sell me on James Harden, I get it. Like I said, great offensive talent, one of the best offensive NBA players in the past few years but between the personality stuff you know like what he's doing to the Rockets right now the way he looks like it's just not worth taking that risk right now so I don't know I personally I get it I'm all like player empowerment in the NBA I think it has led to the NBA to the NBA's growth over the years I think it's overall it's good for the NBA it's good to have at least it's good to have balance right it's good to have it's good to have player empowerment it's good you know the the teams need to have their own empowerment obviously on their own end but I think James Harden has taken it too far the pendulum has swung 
a bit too far on this one with James Harden. Um, and I think he's shooting himself in the foot. He's He wants to play for another team, but he's not doing what he needs to do for himself to prove to another team that he's worth trading a guy like Kevin Durant or Kyrie or, I don't know, Carl, Carl Anthony Towns or, you know, like a, a good, like, superstar-level NBA player. If I was on another team with a superstar on my team, I would, I would be happy keeping that player instead of trading for James Harden at this very moment. So, um, kind of crazy. I was not expecting him to be in that bad of shape. Again, only looked at one picture. I could be totally wrong. So if I am wrong, don't kill me for it. But <laughs> that picture, that picture was awful. It was like he looked so bad. So with that, you know the Lakers play. Their first uh, regular season game next Tuesday, December 22nd, against the Clippers at 7 p.m. Pump for that. Um, hopefully the Lakers show out and get a big win to open the season. Until then, thank you for listening. Go Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers! Mm